back here. They just go with the flow. It's the Hershey and Keith Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. You know what that means. It's the Hershey and the Geek Show. Yes, it is. We are happy to be here. Get ready to shake those hips and pinch those nips, because we are going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. That, you caught me off guard with that I uh, did, production. Didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, was that uh, pinch the hips and squeeze the nips thing in honor of our guest tonight, or was it in our guest pr uh, producer? It's always an honor. Of, it's, it's an honor of the guest producer. I will. All right, so let's start there. We have a guest producer, um, Governor's Comedy Club Radio Studio uh, Manager uh, Tony Walker, who is um, Silly Sally's better half, is here doing the production work. He's not. Uh, he's familiar to this studio. He's in here. Um, what seven days a week, twelve hours yeah, a day? Too much. Yeah. So, Tony, welcome aboard. We're happy to have you. Obviously, like I said, um, we prefer Sally, but we are happy to have you. Everything okay with you? Uh, everything's great. Thank you, pal. Good Excellent. to be here. Excellent. Thank you for being Good here. Good to have you. And we have a special guest tonight, Mark. You can do the intro. We have a really special guest, and this is, um, you know, when Mike and I started this podcast only a few months ago, we had agreed that uh, this this had to be an endeavor that was not going to just be wildly popular and make us tons of money, but it was going to be something that we also enjoyed. So we're getting kind of the uh, the best of both worlds today. Um, we are extremely honored and, and happy to have on... Uh, uh, a, f a friend of t friend to the show, a friend personally to both of us, but more importantly, a um, friend to Anthony Di Domenico. <laughs> Anthony Di Domenico's best friend. That's true. Anthony Di Domenico is a good friend of ours, as you guys know. He is the uh, wind beneath the wings of Long Island Podcasts. Uh, been a very close friends with uh, with. Anthony, Anthony and, and Nick Greystone have been very close friends, and our guest is Nick Greystone from the wildly popular band Demon Scar. Welcome to our show, Mr. Greystone. Thank you very much for having me. Thank uh, you for being before here. Before I even like, say anything, Anthony sold my rights tonight for me to be here. He, he le I did, it's funny, I heard you guys talking, um, and I, I think there was some chatter behind my back whether he knew about it or not. I don't know. I was I was gonna say I don't know if Mark told him or not because I don't know. Well, he, let me ask you guys. He doesn't a question. usually let go of things too easily. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, knowing Anthony and our relationship and our friendship, do you think that I was gonna deal with his property in any way, shape, or form without running a, a screener past? Well, I was thinking it'd be one way or the other. Either you do tell him because you don't want to hear all the shit he's going to give you, or you don't tell him because you know there's going to be a whirlwind of it coming and he's not going to let him go, especially to you. Well, I absolutely told him. Yeah. Uh, it was probably the first thing I did. As soon as I, I hung up with Nick, I'm like, I better call him. At first, I was like, I don't like to fucking tell him. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so I, I let him know. and he That was, little angel on your show. Yeah. Like, yes, you do, Mark. He was super cool about it, of course. He's uh, he's happy. He's always happy for our show, and, and uh, he, he loves Nick. So, um, But yeah, so we're, you know, all kidding aside, we're super excited to have Nick um, again from Demon Scar. He, um, his, uh, his stage name, his persona is Nizza. Um, Nizza, N-Z-A, not to be confused with the word that is frequently used at Mike Keegan's house on Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nine, uh, nine, not that. <laughs> no. So. Um, That's funny that you mentioned that. Because, yeah, let's hear about um, the, the derivation of that name. Well, its origin 
came about when I was in high school and I used to listen to the Wu-Tang Clan a lot. Okay. I still do. Yep. Because, you know. A lot of curse. We yeah, can curse as much as you want. Because, you know, they're not Mark dropped a C-bomb once. I did, oh, and I had Tony. I did, and I had to clean them. And I only had Tony clean it up because I was uncomfortable that I said it. Uh, not yeah. because it mattered. We, you know, the we get through with, what, five to ten million listeners and watchers a week, and no one bothers us ever. Yeah. But th- I told I f- the story about how me and my friend used to masturbate next to each other on a couch. Right. That yeah. got through as well. Yeah. Um, but I dropped the C-bomb, and I didn't like that I said it because yeah. it just wasn't my persona. But, yeah, you can go ahead and curse all you want. Oh, all right. So, uh, no, I'm just saying that Wu-Tang is still nothing to fuck with. But back yeah. in the day when yeah. I used to listen yeah. to them, I don't know, I would get baked with my friends and yeah. do, like, stupid, like, freestyling, and I'd be like... Yo, man, if there's a jizzer and a rizza, how come there can't be a nizza? <laughs> so everyone used to just call me nizza from then. Yeah. And then I just liked the name, and then it stuck. And then uh, as years progressed, like, you know, like, people have asked me, not all the time, but, like, random on Facebook or, like, MySpace, they're like, so what's nizza all about? Does that mean, like, you're Nazi or whatever? And I'm like... Fuck no, dude. I'm like, no, I'm not a Nazi. I know I have the shaved head and I yeah. look like a fucking derelict, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not a Nazi. So, no. I mean, it's nothing to do with Nazi or any of that bullshit. So, so I remember, um, you know, obviously we've become friendly just through Anthony, and, and this was a couple of years ago, but somebody, I think it was on Instagram, came at Nick pretty hard. And you know me, I'll, I'll always run to the rescue just to get involved and stir something up. And he, he made a reference that Nick was a Nazi because his because name was name. NZA. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, Nick obviously is the front man from a pretty popular band. He's not exactly about to, to rip some, someone's head off on, yeah. on public social media. He's got a lot to lose. I'm like, you Yeah, so I went for the guy. <laughs> I went for the guy pretty hard. And uh, he scurried. He scurried yeah. because he knew that Nick was a lot bigger than him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. then I guess he started looking at my pitches or whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, but, but no, it's I don't even know what the fuck, man. Like, why would... I don't know. It, there's no re- there's no rhyme rationale or reason whatsoever. But Niz is your name. Um, playing with the ladies is your game, and uh, you are a terrific musician. Thank you. I, you know what I I know of Demon Scar and what's gone on with the band for the the past few years. Can you do me a favor and explain yeah. to me and Mike there was a Demon Scar for a while, and then you took you guys took a break for a while, did you not? Well, um, the guitarist, me and. Uh, me and him have been playing together. Uh, we started in 99. So my friend auditioned for this band. It was a metal band. And um, he auditioned to sing. And he just wasn't comfortable up on stage or whatever. And he told the guitarist, well, I know this other guy. He might be able to do what you need or whatever. So I went into the studio. Never sang before in public or anything just like maybe at a talent show in high school or whatever, but nothing like crazy. So I went into the studio. He gave me some lyrics. They played a couple of songs, and I started screaming or whatever. wasn't really singing. And that just turned into uh, Tangent. That's what we used to go by. Okay. And then we played two years together, and then we kind of went our separate ways for about... 17 years. That's it. Okay, so it was a short break. A <laughs> short break. <laughs> okay. And, you know, we did other things. He did, you know, other bands. I did. I went on and played with Hollow and uh, MFU and um, Death Proof. And then once I found out that m- when my ex was pregnant, I kind of, when the baby was born, um, 
I kind of stepped away from music for a while. So for about two years. And then uh, he kind of stepped away from music too after a while. And then uh, we were on a train one day to go see Iron Maiden. This was back in 2017. And um, I was just like, oh, dude, I wrote some lyrics. So he read them or whatever. And the next day he sent me like a 30-second like uh, MP3 of like a lick. He's like, dude, I think your lyrics would go good with this. Huh. And that turned into writing our first EP. So then we did an EP, and we still didn't have a name for the band. Like, we didn't even know it was going to be a band. So then we started writing more, and I'm like, dude, we got to get out and play. But first we have to name ourselves, too. Like, right. what the hell are we going to yeah. do? Yep. So, I don't know, we were coming up with different things or whatever, and Demon Scar came out, and... Uh, it's stuck, so now we go as Demon like Scar. It. We've been playing ever since, since 2017. And um, got a couple albums out, a couple EPs. It's great. You know, it's like uh, when I took that time off from music for a while, I wasn't myself. I didn't yeah. feel myself. But now that, like, I'm performing again and, like, doing it, and um, it's actually gaining traction, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a short period of time. That you have, I and mean, we're not talking a, a, a pittance of followers. We're talking about thousands and thousands of followers you got in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, you went through a little bit of a of an adjustment. You guys, I believe, lost your drummer, and then you got another one. Is that about right? Yeah, the, the first drummer quit uh, after the first gig. The first gig that night, we were offered to play open up for Quiet Riot at Mulcahy's. Nice. So I was like, sick, you know? We're like I was getting it. back into the swing of things already, because like my other band... Back in the day, we opened up for Brett Michaels, Skid Row. Like we did all these shows at Mulcahy's, and I hadn't been in there in a few uh, long time, over ten years. So when I got the opportunity again, I'm like, "Wow, this is awesome, dude! We're gonna open up for Quiet Riot." Nah, I don't know if I want to commit. I'm like, "What are you talking about? That's huge! Come on, feel the noise, drummer. Just play one show, and then if you want to quit, not feel the noise. No, he didn't feel feel the Pete Best of Long Island metal. That was like the (laughs) sickest burn that I ever got in music. I feel like I got like back in. I'm like, oh, so on cloud nine, and then all of a sudden, well, I I follow your life from from afar, and. uh, I don't know. From what I can tell, this new drummer seems like he fits like a hot knife through butter. Oh, he's amazing. You know what's yeah. sick about him, too? So we had another drummer in between that. Yeah. And he was good, but he uh, he wanted to play more covers and stuff, and we respected that. So we split from him. Okay. And then uh, Jared, our, our current drummer, answered our uh, Twitter uh, post. Yeah. And uh, he came out. We jammed in the studio two times. Two times. He gets a call and asks if we could fill in for a gig at Revolution. We didn't even know that the world's about to shut down right. because COVID was just about to hit. And right. We played the last show at Revolution. We played this like benefit. It was a cancer benefit for uh, Kate Fox, who's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. She uh, does this thing, Cancer uh, Can Rock. So uh, we did that. And then the world shut down. And basically, we were like, holy shit, we're ready to play again. And now all of a sudden... <laughs> What are we going to do? It's COVID. Right. So we came up with the idea where you kind of, we didn't invent it, but people started playing virtual shows a lot on. on I remember that little basement gigs you guys were rocking. So each week we would release a song live and it just kept people interested, which was awesome. And in that time, 
We're like, you know what? We're not going to sit on our ass and feel sorry. We're just going to, you know, continue to jam on our own. Once we can get into the studio again and jam in, in person, and we'll just take it from there. We wanted, we had stuff that we wanted to release. We ended up releasing the album, like in November of. Uh, so, COVID hit what three years ago? Well, two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. All right. So Mike was the first patient. Was patient the zero. First, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Patient I was, zero. Uh, I flew in from Wuhan, and uh, <laughs> but but it's 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 so interesting how like such a terrible time, but a lot of people like you struck while the iron was hot. People are home. They're looking for something to look forward to. Let's put out a video a week. And now, you know, I have something to look forward to once a week. I'm, uh, this great band's going to be putting something out. Demon Scar, boom. Uh, Demon Scar, boom. I, I thought it was good, too. I mean, it just kept me sane, too, because, like, everyone was just looking for something to do. We had nothing to do. Because, yeah. like, we nothing. couldn't go anywhere. Or, like, everyone was scared shitless. Right. Mm-hmm. I was scared shitless. I didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah. you know... My day job, I work at the post office. We didn't close, dude. So I was working there, and like I felt like everyone else was just home not doing anything. And I think yeah. that because I was going to work and that was kind of a normal routine, that I wasn't as bad, you know, mentally far off from, like, you know, just sitting home and not doing anything and going yeah. crazy or whatever. You know who's really bad mentally during that time? Yeah. <laughs> was me. Uh, was a lot of up. people. This guy over here. Uh, that was bad. Yeah. That was really I bad. It's scary, man. Like, dude, it's, I don't. Scary. We're still feeling the effects of that, you know? Yeah. Like, this year was the first time that I went to open school night for my kid. Like, it was, yeah. we couldn't do it. And she's 19. That's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> She That's was amazing. born before the first tangent show. Um, th- so I'm glad you brought up that. I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. So Nick sure. um, has one child, a little girl. How old is she now? She's seven. So, you know, I've gotten to meet her a couple of times. Um, and, and listen, we are, all kids are special. Um, this kid is just one of those kids who gets it. And she is like the, she's just like a little bit of a superstar. Um, I give incredible amounts of credit to both her mom, uh, Nick's, Nick's ex, and, and to Nick. Um, they've been split now for a little bit over a year, I believe. Is yeah. that about that? And they, they managed to do an incredible job with this child. Um, and she's yeah. just, you know, they, they, they hold it together there. But this kid is a little superstar. She just is. She really is. Um, Nick talks about her being the light of his life. And, she is, and, man. And I'm sure that his mom does, too. Uh, her mom as well. Yeah. And uh, one thing I wanted you to touch on a little bit, Nick, I don't know how much your, your audience knows, but you're, uh, you frequent these um, Comic-Con type of events, yeah. and that's something that you did with your ex, and now you take your kid all the time. Yeah. Um, the first time I was ever conscious of you guys taking her there was when you brought her and you dressed her up. As I think it was Wednesday from the Adams family. Yeah. So, could you just tell us a little bit about the, the experience that, that it's a big part of your life, these Comic Con type things sure. and what you do there, and then that first experience about um, Wednesday? Yeah, so I mean, I've been going to these uh, horror conventions and like, you know, pop culture conventions since um, I went to my first one when I was nine. So, I've been, it's always been my happy place. I love meeting like, you know, the old school horror people or. The dude that took a piss in like airplane, like he'll like make an appearance. Like they, these people yeah. make a living off of these things. So like, I just like going there. I find my friends there and stuff, and it's my happy place. So uh, yeah. Um, so me and my ex, we used to love going there too. You know, I I brought her to her first one, and it changed her life too. So like, we still have lifelong friends that we met through these conventions and everything. So when Zoe was born. 
Um, it didn't stop us. We were just like, you know what? You guys are taking ba- a baby yeah, to these things. She was, amazing. she was three months old when she went to her first <laughs> That's one. That's amazing. Awesome. She was in a, you know, she was in her little uh, carrier. We brought her, just rolled her around and just had a good time. And it got to a point where now she started watching, not the hardcore horror movies. We introduced her to the, uh, the more, uh, kid-friendly ones like Ghostbusters and Gremlins and then I Spit on Your Grave. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> she still hasn't seen I Spit on Your Grave. I don't think she's next ready year, for that. Yeah, maybe year. next year. You got her into Poltergeist yesterday, though. Yeah, I, I took her to Poltergeist. Yeah, uh, that's soft for a seven-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that she's seen like, holy <laughs> shit, I can't believe yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm showing her this. But um, So she got, she was like four years old. Actually, no, the convention before she did Wednesday... She went up on the stage, and she was dressed as Sally from uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, she, um, she's like, next time I want to do the, the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the, the contest. The competition, yeah. I'm like, That's all right. Awesome. So four years old, she's like, I'm going as Wednesday Adams. My kids, you know, has always been outspoken, like, since she could start speaking, and like you, some people always question her age too because of she's so well spoken. Yeah. The thing about that is, is because she's been around adults, she's the only one, you know. Yeah. So like, she hears everyone talk. She's a sponge, and she just picks up on all the mannerisms. Yeah. So that's why she has that personality. Sure. So anyway, we put her in the contest. Uh, she walks across the stage. They asked her, you know, how old are you? Zoe, four years old. And I'm Wednesday. And the place <laughs> like, erupted. Erupted. Chills. I'm still talking, like, I'm still feeling it because, That's like, amazing. Uh, yeah. it was such a great feeling to see my kid do this all by herself and, like, <clears throat> have the, the bravery to do it and... All the parents that put them up there and stuff, you know, that's a that's a big thing. And yeah. also, you know? there's no better feeling than when your kid takes on one of your passions. Yeah, it's, it was, and it wasn't like I forced it on no, her. No, she in, wanted to do it. Yeah. So they introduce her. They introduce all the kids. Then they bring them back up on stage, and then she won. And instant tears. I'm like, oh, oh my man, God, this is such a great feeling. This is so awesome. So then she looks at me like about a, maybe 20 minutes later and she goes, next time I'm going as the bride of Chucky. <laughs> so she's already planning. Right. Know, so cool. She's a competitor. Going to the next convention. She goes as bride of Chucky. She wins that one. Wow. So now she hit both times she went in, she wins. The third Everyone time. Everyone else is probably fuck. Yeah, the third yeah. time she didn't, and she was pissed, and she's like, "But I didn't win." And I'm like, "Baby, you won twice already. They got to give it to the little kids." Yeah. I'm like, "Pretty soon they're gonna kick you out of this now, and you're gonna make make so, you an adult." Co- so, uh, but paint the picture for us. So they win. Uh, there's a, there's a ton of people watching. It's yeah. a big thing. Did they give them a, a certificate, a trophy? They I mean, give them. They, yeah, they gave you cash to like you know go shopping. Shut or up yeah. for real. Yeah. Oh man! So she, you know, she got like a little thing, you know. It was Mark's cool. like, I missed four opportunities. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking make some money. Well, no, because you know, I used to get stopped on the street when I was a kid. Um, if, and I'll show you some pictures when I was like twelve or thirteen. But people literally thought I was the little boy from Poltergeist. I looked exactly like him <laughs> as a kid, so I could have won every one of those fucking competitions Probably. just showing up dressed <laughs> like me because I had the same face. People were like, "No, no, you're definitely him. A hundred, you're you're a hundred percent that kid." 
So I now missed you're those the old lady. Yeah, now I'm now the, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's you, Come right? Tangina. Come to the light, Alan. Come to so the light. I just watched that again. Tony, last come night. to the light, Tony. <laughs> that is such a great flick. It's man. a great I film, am, right? dude. Holy shit. It, like watching it last night. I haven't seen it in a while and uh I took Zoe to go see it at the uh the Westbury Theater. They just released it because it's the 40th anniversary. Uh, yeah. And it was all remastered and everything. It looked great. The so thing that's up. fucked up is that so the the little girl died years ago. The yeah. jo- John Bonnet Ramsey character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the girl, yeah, the, the sister died as well. That's Griffin Dunn's sister. She yeah. got uh, strangled in real life. She died. Is the Mark Hirschman character still going? Is <laughs> yeah, he still alive? Yeah, he's, so, yes. he's coming up in the part four. Is he really? I think so. Damn, I got to meet that guy. Yeah, the thing. Curse of Poltergeist, like they, a bunch of them too, like the second one too, uh, had that old man that was like the scariest dude ever. Yeah. yeah. He was like terminally ill and that was like his last role or whatever. And they, I think he died before they even like finished making it. So he looked like he was deathly ill oh, on that, yeah. which was honestly the, you know, the fact that his eyeballs were popping out of his skull. And he looked like it, a skeleton with skin. It, 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 it wasn't a joke. Or it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't makeup. It was real. That was him. Like him <laughs> and I feel like Al Davis towards <laughs> the end of his life. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's the kid. That's me as a kid. Wow. Oh, that's oh, all right. That's all right. Smash your phone, Tony. That's all right. Where's Sally when you need her? <laughs> he went into the light. Um, <laughs> now you killed him also. Crazy. There's a poltergeist in here that fucking. Oh my god, she knocked. Can you put it? You want to show it again? We'll get, yeah, take two. Yeah, I'm good. Um, so that's a little Mark Hirschman. Let's see. I'll show you guys a picture of me at that age, and you'll be stunned in a little bit. Yeah, that's basically me at that age, and I'll, I'll pull up a picture, <laughs> and Tony can put it up. Shit, um, man, I wish I'd have brought my poster. You could have signed it. <laughs> so listen, I, I always get a. I think you know. Obviously, I you know now that you you and your ex are, are no longer together, I haven't had any communication with her. But obviously, you guys still parent the same way, which is um, you guys are still taking her to, to you know movies that are older than a seven-year-old normally would see yeah. and i and i'm not saying should i'm saying normally because the truth is this kid is thriving in every way so whatever you're doing you you and your ex is a home run as far as i'm concerned well you know what dude there's no right way to do divorce bro i mean yeah. it's just like i've seen so many people go through the fucking worst divorce ever and they just bash the shit out of each other every opportunity that they can not realizing that they're fucking little ears that are around and they're hearing that shit you know what man that was one thing that you know me and sarah were talking about early on in our you know separation we're just like yo could we please just not bash each other in front of zoe i'm like obviously you and i have a lot of issues and you know we're separating because of that, but this kid doesn't need to uh, to get the short end of the stick because it didn't work out for us. And you know what? We both just said we'll respect each other's you know living situations. We're gonna right. respect each other's which way the life goes or whatever. And yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, you know? I, I just think you're doing a great job. I'm yeah. certainly, um, you know, proud of you and and proud of uh, thank you. Th- the whole situation is just a delight to see, and uh, you know, good for you it guys. It works sometimes. I mean, you know what, man? I can't say for everyone, but you know, for us, we just found that like 
platform where we can just be civil and still try to do the holidays together, yeah. even if it's in like a small thing. You know what? It's not very much longer that Zoe's going to be like that, like age or whatever. So, you know, maybe later on, whatever. Then we do it separately. But for now, it's we, uh, we're doing the best that we can. And, and that, that brings me um, to a point of talking about your, you still have a strong relationship with Sarah's family. Sure. Um, you were um, extremely cl- close with her, her baby brother who had passed going on how many years now? Two is it three years? Yeah, he died um, in uh, 2020. Okay, so um, 2020. And uh, Tony, when you're ready to, to pull it up, uh, if you have the Nick had, why don't you tell us about the song that you that you that you wrote for him and what the inspiration was, and and uh, just give us a little information about that, if you will. Yeah, so you know, me and Keith, um, we were really tight. You know, we had a great relationship, and uh, we would bond over. My music and movies and his, and um, that the age difference was what was cool because we were so like uh, separated in age, and um, he introduced me to uh, one of his favorite artists, uh, Little Peep. I had no idea who this guy was. It turns out that uh, he introduced me to him after the dude died. So. Uh, Little Peep was a rapper from Long Beach, New York, and he took, was about to like really take off. I think if he would have still been alive today, he would have been as big as Post Malone. Wow. So uh, he's a sick following right now and everything. Usually that happens, though, when people die, yeah. like their popularity even intensifies if they're on the uprise. So uh, Maybe we should try that. <laughs> you can try that. <laughs> One of us. Yeah, you can yeah. try that. So uh, <laughs> he... Um, you know, that's what we started bonding over, Little Peep and, like, all his releases and stuff. And uh, when um, when Keith passed away, um, what I did was I joined a few uh, pages on Facebook, like uh, Little Peep uh, fan club pages. And I just started talking to, like, you know, followers, the little people, whatever. And this kid from Greece, uh, he goes by the name of Setbacks, posts this, like, one minute and 20 second, like, clip of, like, a beat with a guitar on it. And I'm like, this is great. And he's like, if anyone wants to rap over it, just take it. I instantly message this kid, and I'm like, dude, take that post down right now. I'm like, you do not want this out there because this is really, really good and it's really catchy. And I'm going to put music over it. And I, if you allow me to, I'm going to put my music and my lyrics on this. And I'm going to get it like all done up nice. And it's going to turn into a sick song. He's like, go for it, bro. Sick. So I started doing it. And I shelved it for a while because I wasn't sure as how I wanted to release it. Wasn't sure if I wanted to put it as a Demon Scar song or if I wanted to do it as a solo thing because it's totally not in the Demon Scar vein. So um, I waited, and um, about six months later, I went to the studio and I'm like, all right, let me finally do this. So I brought it in a minute and 20. I turned it into about three minutes long, extended it. I worked with this guy, Greg Gavitt, who worked with me with other uh, songs and uh, productions like from other bands and stuff. He even worked with Demon Scar. And uh, he laid down this like piano on it, some keys, put a little nice guitar solo, and it turned into Nakabai. And this is the song that uh, I recorded. 
and um, it's been featured on uh, 94.3 The Shark, which was awesome to get it played. It was like on the anniversary of uh, Keith's passing, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of this song. So, right. uh, with no further ado, Tony, when you're ready to punch it up, here we go. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, that was phenomenal, dude. Thank awesome. you. Really beautiful. I appreciate that. Thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, I think it's important for our audience uh, to know, which I'm sure um, Nick's audience and Demon Scar audience knows, that the the type of music that Demon Scar plays uh, is punk. I'll use some of the words that that, um, that I've taken notes on: punk, metal, raw, loud, uh, healthy helping of horror, no fancy overdubs, no gimmicks. Just straight up hard hitting killer New York 
uh, rock. Now, obviously, this song is is everything but that, which <laughs> is really, um, well, I don't you know, think there were any gimmicks in that song. No, there, there was, was no gimmicks. There's some. I was searching for one, but yeah, I couldn't I, find I one. I tried my best. But uh, the <laughs> fact is that that was so. I, I imagine that you have not done a lot of songs like that in your day. Is that about right? Yeah, man. I mean, most of my stuff is like you know more aggressive and uh, I guess angry and uh, you know whatever whatever I'm going through at the moment when I write the tune. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of songs through the years that I've written that were that personal, uh, and they usually turn into ballads. But uh, they definitely uh, not not many. You know? Now you obviously have a talent, and that was phenomenal. But does, does that take you like out of your comfort zone, being a more of a metal punk kind of? No, you know why? Because I I mm. listen to um, I want to be genreless. You know, like Demon Scar is Demon Scar, and that's what we do. We, we're aggressive and everything. But with me, I kind of want to just like be able to walk into a room where there are musicians, and I could just like maybe vibe off of them and try to record something with them and you know like that tune is totally different you know maybe i could i've been trying to do some like hip-hop stuff too where uh i'm i have i've been I have like two or three songs that i collaborated with this uh my friend uh k lovely and uh that's totally opposite of what you know demon scar is too so i mean it's just like different genres i want to try to do you know that's awesome. Yeah. K Lovely was your nickname on the couch when that you was, were a kid. That was what they used to call me. K Lovely, in, uh, K -Lovely. elementary <laughs> school going into going into middle school. <laughs> now, when you heard this, the, the kid from Greece. What did he? What did you say he was from? The kid online posted the uh, the song or the the track. And oh yeah, setbacks. Yeah, I, I, dude. I still. I mean, I I I mentioned it to him once the song was done. I sent it to him, and I'm like, "Yo, the song's done, dude." Like, thinking when he listens to it, he was gonna be like, "Oh wow, that's amazing! Thank you so much." He's like, "Oh yeah, it's cool." And I'm like, "That's it." No, I'm that's like, "It's gonna be played on the radio, brother." And he's like, "Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, man. Like, totally. <laughs> like, all right." And I told him, like, I gave you credit, guy. Like, yeah. you know, wrote down, like, your information and everything. And, you know, I put it in the uh, the credits of the song, and I got it published. And, like, yeah. I don't know. It was, probably it was like great. Bono or something. And just, like, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. now, did you have the lyrics written already or no? You wrote the lyrics after you heard what he laid down there. No, I wrote, when I listened to that thing, I wrote the lyrics because I wrote the lyrics when I listened to his uh the little minute and 20 seconds but what i did was i replayed it in my head like i put it back and that was the second verse so i had to do it before it was like completed because you guys just heard like a three minute clip of it yeah i had to uh extend um it into two verses and two choruses so yeah uh, that was uh with the help of uh greg gavitt because that song gives me like a Kind of like a Queensryche silent lucidity vibe. I don't know if you're into Queensryche, you guys. That's no, I like Queensryche. I'm more of a silent lucidity kind you of guy. Are. Yeah, <laughs> there's a place I'd like yes. to. Yes, yeah, that's absolutely. A, dude, I, Jeff Tate has a sick, sick voice. Yeah, he's yeah, like one absolutely. of the uh, best metal vocalists of all time. I saw them randomly. I was doing a comedy show at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Yeah, and I'm running super late. 
and there's like 15 minutes before showtime. I run in. I had to use the bathroom real quick, and I'm in the bathroom, and I hear Queensryche. I'm like, wow, they're playing Queensryche on the radio. I walk out, and in the middle of the casino in the Wolf's Den where they have um, – Queensryche is fucking playing right in the middle. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> It was, it was Mike's wild. taking a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> shit in the bathroom stall. It's Kay Lovely. <laughs> That's a good, good callback for a non-comic. Like it, yeah, That's right. not bad. Like We're entertainers. I'm curious, Nick. Have you ever thought of taking this song? Like, you know how sometimes musicians will take their song and then change it into something else like they'll take a metal song and turn it soft or yeah. vice versa have you thought about turning it into a, a head smashing type of type yeah of song? I, i've been kicking around the idea that i do want to put an electric guitar on it and like you know look at mom i'm coming home by ozzy you know yeah, yeah. it's you could play that acoustic and have you know just ozzy and zach wild playing it or you could totally kick ass get zach wild with that guitar and yeah. do like a awesome solo and turn it into one of the sickest power ballads ever you know so yeah i would like to hear a rock version of not goodbye without a doubt yeah that would be amazing that's yeah. something, to, something to strive for, for because sure. i could yeah, getting back to that too like um one of my main influences with songwriting and everything is social distortion oh, and man. if you hear about like how mike ness would write stuff it was just him and an acoustic guitar and he'd write all the tunes and present it to the band so like the hardest tune, like they have some like really punk rock tunes and stuff, but they came all from the acoustic. So, I think like all songs stripped down could turn into something. You know, like I think that also uh, is this awesome talent that some bands can and can't do. There's some bands that can strip it down and go acoustic and play an unplugged thing, and it sounds amazing. But then there's some bands that just need to be heavy, you know, and just yeah. stay in that. I guess Lane. I think Demon Skull can knock this out of the park. I, they really do think they can pull this yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Craig, um, he uh, the, when he plays, he could scream bloody murder on the guitar at one point, and then next he could play the softest, most beautiful, tender ballad there is, you know, and it's that wide range you know and that's why we get along because he's the same way as me we listen to such di different diverse music and get influenced by all you know different ways or whatever you know music's always been a part of my life so uh, it's a great segue which i was waiting for um yeah. music's always been a part of your life i guess um before i ask you as to why as to as to who um led you into that path um I think I'd be remiss um, if we didn't mention that I believe today is your late dad's birthday. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, and I didn't even ask you before. Maybe I should have, but uh, I wanted to to make sure we honored your dad today by uh, bringing it up. And and certainly, um, you know, let's hear what you have to say about your your influence. It, was your dad a musical influence for you, or you know? Yeah, man. He introduced me to like Creedence and Elvis. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that was awesome listening to that stuff growing up with him. You know, and uh, he went to the original Woodstock, you know, my dad. So, like, he had uh, crazy stories about that. Uh, he was never a musician or anything. But, you know, once he had a family, and I feel like his wild side went by the wayside. And he was always uh, the quiet guy in the room, you know, later on in life. The most, you know, the most intimidating, quiet guy, but the softest dude you'll ever meet. 
you know, yeah. once you get to know him. So, yeah, my dad definitely introduced me to uh, some good stuff. And uh, my mom, she did too. You know, she uh, she introduced me to like Neil Diamond and like Elton John and um, all the the songs from the 50s and the 60s, you know, like the, uh, the doo-wop stuff. Um, so I had that going on. My grandmother with the Jimmy Durante and like the Italian stuff. You, you know, had it from all ends, all over. All over the place. Wow. And then my brother, who's my biggest influence out of all of them, because he was seven years older than me. So like when I was about seven, maybe a little bit uh, younger, six, um, he used to walk around with the Walkman, and I was obsessed with his Walkman. I'd be like, oh, Matt, please, let me listen to it. Just let me listen <laughs> to something. Awesome. And he would give me the Walkman for like, I don't know, five minutes, and I'd turn it on, and it'd be like... Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, or like Master of Puppets, or um, Ride the Lightning from Metallica. And I would hear these me- this blasting metal, I would love it. And then he would take it back, and I'd be like, come on, let me please. <laughs> so like my brother just would just give, give it to metal. me, right, would just give it to me in little doses, like, you know, the Maiden, the Motley Crue, and like... Then he would blow my mind and play me like Public Enemy and like Slick Rick and like stuff like that. So like... Hip-hop in the 80s, like the early 80s, and metal in the early 80s was so sick. Like, such, that's where my, all my inspiration came for playing that type of music. You know, Motley Crue is still my favorite band of all time. And it's because of my brother showing it to me at that age. And I remember being specifically, um, the, the moment I knew I wanted to be a musician was I walked into a, my brother's bedroom. He was hanging out with his friends, doing whatever, and they were watching this VHS tape of Motley Crue. It was called Motley Crue Uncensored. It was for the first three albums. They had the videos on it, and they had interviews of them driving down the Sunset Strip on it, like Tommy Lee's on his bike doing an interview. Mick Mars is in his Porsche, like driving crazy, and Vince Neil's interview is sick. They roll up to his house. And this girl opens the door and she's like, there's Vince there. And he's like, she's like, who's Vince? And like Vince Neil comes out and he's got three chicks with him. And they go into this limo that has a jacuzzi in the back of it. And they're driving down Sunset Strip. And like, it's just that interview in the student, a jacuzzi with three hot chicks going down Sunset Strip. Like, and I'm seeing it when I'm like nine or 10. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Like, right. Like it was the sickest thing. Yeah. And it was great. Throw out all my baseball cards and shit. Yeah, I want to do that. (laughs) You know what, Mickey Mantle don't pay the rent. (laughs) So um, yeah, so music's always been a part of my life, and you know, I I still uh, I'm still into the same music I listened to back then. I I find newer things and everything, and you know, trying to uh, trying to play. I can't wait. Like uh, I'm finally playing the. uh, Whiskey in um, in Hollywood in December. Uh, it's my first time ever playing in uh, in Cali, and um, I've always wanted to play there because that's where the crew got their start. You know, it's been always a childhood dream to play there, and uh, we we ended up we ended up uh, being able to book a gig, so it was pretty awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I can't wait to do that because now for me, I played CBGBs. And I played the whiskey now. And then now, for me, that's like, 
the two meccas. I would love, obviously, to play the Garden, but you know what, man? I never thought it was going to get past a certain point. So any extra stuff that I'm experiencing now is just, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a good reward. Whiskey, Hershey, and the Keeg show. It's a big (laughs) thing. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that's that's fucking awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. I remember I saw my friend play CBGBs when we were, you know, in college, and it was the most exciting thing to watch him play there, and it was such a cool fucking venue to be at. Oh, are they not hearing Mikey right now? They can hear him. Oh, okay. He's pretty low, so <clears throat> I hope that's better. Friends and fans. There oh, we yeah, go. Now yeah, we go. That, look yeah. at that. Um, I wanted to touch on it. I think you did a little promo for it before the show. You're in the middle right now of um, of a, a big competition. Is it the, what's it, the scariest face? The face of horror? Oh, the face of horror, Tell yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. They just started this competition, and, like, it's every person that I go with to these horror conventions, we're all up against each other, plus other people from other states. But basically, they group us off into, like, top 20, uh, 20 people per category or whatever, 20 per uh, group. And um, this week is the third round, and I'm still number one in my group. So, like, people have been voting for me. And uh, it's so awesome that people are voting for me like that. You know, I like I put on here. Um, what's at stake is if you win, you get thirteen thousand uh, dollars, two nights stay at the Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill House. It's a bed and breakfast now, That's so awesome. where they filmed it. And then um, you get a photo shoot with Kane Hodder. Who's um, he's a stunt man. He's also played Jason in like four of the Friday Thirteenths, and then you get a part in a uh, in an independent horror film. That's so fucking. So cool. like, for me, you know, at the thirteen grand, obviously everyone would love to have thirteen thousand dollars if to win. But it's not even about the money for me because like I would totally put it all towards like Zoe or whatever. You know, like I'm good with that. But I want to get into the horror thing, like. I would love to be in a movie. I would love to get Demon Scar on a soundtrack. Like, I would do, like, all that just to, like, make everyone set up, you know, so then I can, like, network other people into it, too. Because, like, you know, I try to hook everyone up with, you know, hook if that up. was to take off like that. Hook you us know? up. Yeah. Please hook us up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so where can people vote and... and uh, it's cool. It's There's, like, a website on... Uh, on faceahara.com uh, you can just click on the contest or if you're friends with me on Facebook or you follow me on Insta uh, I'm at Nizza6 or Nizza on Facebook and you'll just see the link on there I post it every day, I make videos just to thank everyone because I still can't believe that like after three weeks that like I'm still number one like it's pretty awesome yeah. so we have like still a couple more weeks, a couple more rounds to go but uh yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm so, like excited about but, it. So when I thought of this face of horror thing, I was thinking to what you do when you used to work at that farm and you'd be that scary butcher, scary yeah. Schmidt out of you, whatever you say. Schmidt out of you? Yeah. Form? Yeah. yeah actually, I'm on uh, News 12 saying that to uh, Aaron Colton. Yeah, so tell, <laughs> remind me again the verbiage of that again. What do you say? Oh, uh,. I'd be like, uh, come to Schmidt's farm because I'll scare the sh- ever-loving Schmidt out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but but your, your face, is that still going on or is that? It's, yeah, they're out, actually their first night is this Friday. But for me, um, I couldn't commit to this season. So okay. um, 
I'm real close with, uh, you know, with the management there, and I have an open invite. So if they said if I want to come down any night, you know, they let me throw the apron on and go terrorize you know, the town. Because that so you, it was like a green face makeup, if I remember. Like, well, that. I did different uh, different characters. The, my most famous for me, I felt like was, and that got the most attention was the butcher. Oh, the butcher was scared me. Yeah, the butcher was awesome because, like, <laughs> yeah. my favorite horror movies. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking of Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder was also the inspiration for this little character that I developed. So it was basically those two guys put together how Kane Hodder played Jason and how Leatherface was in the original uh, Texas Chainsaw. Like, he had, like, that weird side to him, but he's menacing. I would do head tilts and stuff and just stare people down and, like, briskly walk after them so it's just me like paying homage to those characters uh, terrifies you know? me so much if you're not going to be at schmidt's farm go to white post farm and see our own tony walker over oh, there oh that's yeah. right right <laughs> and he'll scare the schmidt out of you but yeah I, I had fun doing that i did Otto the clown and Otto actually speaking of my old man when i was in my mother's stomach and they were trying to figure out my name um my father was adamant, and he always said, I'm going to name my boy Otto. Ah! <laughs> and my mother was like, no, it's not going to be Otto. And she would cry about it, and he's like, oh, it's going to be Otto. It's Otto Greystone Otto. is a sick name. Dude, how sick would Otto Greystone Otto would be good, but he came out, and they said, he looks like a little Nizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally Actually, I was inspired up. by the kid from Eight is Enough. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the kid from Eight yeah. Is Enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he turned out to be a nice drug addict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I had a crush on him, actually, when we were little. Well, my, obviously, my parents did, because that's who I got named yeah. after, I think. <laughs> so, that's what they told me. Is it, it's just you and Matthew, right? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So, seven years is, is quite a little bit of a of a break there that they had in between. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt, Matt must have been a handful, I'm, so, I'm assuming. Uh, well, you know what, Matt, like, uh, was the wild older crazy brother that uh paved the way for me and yeah showed me how to do things and showed me not how to do things you know like kind of inspired like oh well matt got in trouble for that so i'm not going to do that right uh, and yet you both turned out real well you're good you know family guys good oh guys absolutely and yeah absolutely man my brother's always been a uh a positive role model on me throughout my life man you know with music made me who i am today you know, he showed me how a hardworking father should be, just like my old man. You yeah. know, so uh, I had that positive male influence around me always. You know, uh, speaking of not a positive male influence, I saw <laughs> that you have a uh, a new piece of ink. I don't even know what part of your body is on. If you can show it to us, but you oh. got a new piece of ink. Uh, yeah, I got Steve O to sign my hand the other day. <laughs> it's awesome. So me and my brother went to go see Steve O's. Uh, what the hell is it? Oh, the bucket list. Bucket tour. list at tour. the Paramount was it? Where? Yeah, it was at the Paramount. So we did the whole meet and greet thing, and we were like in the second row, and we were able to see like uh, he comes out, and what he does is it's all the skits that he kind of wanted to do on Jackass, but it never got passed, or it was too disgusting to be on Jackass. Like, yeah. yeah. Because when you're walking in, they say there's no camera, no filming, no nothing. It's an X-rated show. And yeah. for real, dude, like the shit that he does that like just one of the things that he did, he wanted to skydive while jerking off <laughs> and with being with someone tandem on his back. That's how Tony lost his leg. 
So he wants to be able to shoot his load before nice. he jumps That's out the plane where he's sitting on the edge of the plane so he could get in slow motion <laughs> with the uh, cameras and stuff. And, dude, it's the money shot. He gets it. That's but, like, cool. it's so awesome how, like, he documented the whole way, like, how he did it or whatever. And he's just That's an animated cool. guy, man. I look, I look up to Steve-O because, you know what, Steve-O, he's still a crazy bastard, but, yeah. you know, he's, like, been sober for, like, over 10 years. Yeah, man. I, I read his book. Did you read his book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. He, he just, that was part of the thing, too. He gave us his new book. Yeah. That uh, just came out. So that was, like, like, you meet him, you get the picture, ticket, and then you get the book, too, signed. So I'm waiting online. I actually came up with the idea a couple, uh, couple weeks beforehand. Um, I'm like, I always had a little spot on my hand where it was like kind of open and I always wanted someone to sign it. And I'm like, Steve-O's signature is so funny because it's got like, the O is like shaped like a dick <laughs> and like he does the little dribble yeah. of like, you know, the <laughs> semen or whatever. Can, so can you get it closer to the camera? Or you can't, uh, you can't can see it. like that. See it? Yeah, hang on a second. Let me see if I can see it. Steve-O's great. I saw Steve-O. off? When I was in college, I saw Steve O. Oh yeah, that looks awesome. Hang on, <laughs> there you that's go. Sick. Yeah, keep it there. Don't move me. Uh, okay. yeah, wow, uh, that's nuts. How cool is that? Right, cool. When I was in college, my my best friend went to the University of New Haven, and Steve O was doing a show at this place called Toad's Place in New Haven, oh, right, yeah, by, yeah, right by Yale. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an awesome venue. But this is when he was like on drugs, Steve O. Yeah, the good Steve O. <laughs> and he, dude, <laughs> the addicted ready to die Steve O was the yeah. best. He came out, and the first thing he goes, he goes, if it wasn't for all the cocaine, I'd be really fucking drunk right now. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard anyone say. But, like, he did this thing. He brought, like, three people on stage, and he goes, I want the three of you to start punching yourselves in the face, and the first one that bleeds gets to drink my, he had a, he had a Poland spring bottle full of his piss. Oh, wow. Oh, and these dude. three guys were, were punching themselves in the face. One guy starts bleeding. Next thing you know, he starts chugging down this Poland oh, spring bottle. Yeah, that's a dream uh, come true. Yeah, I know, right? See, oh like, and it tasted terrible. It wasn't me. Yeah, but, uh, like, I would let him sign me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I ain't drinking the dude's piss. No, exactly. But I love the guy. I, mean, I love so. him, too, man. Yeah, but I'm not drinking his yeah. piss. That flying masturbating story reminds me of an uncle I used to have. Would only <laughs> only fly that way. <laughs> uncle Warren <laughs> only fly that way. Yeah. <laughs> so w was the was the show up to your expectations? Yeah. Like it was so well. You know what, man? Me and my brother rarely hang as much because we're working so much together. You know, yeah. whatever. So it was a good night out with him, which was already a, a win. That's the gift right yeah. there. Yeah, and then we were just laughing, watching the thing, and. I couldn't have think, thought of a better person to go with because me and my brother would like grew up watching Jackass, yeah. you know. So speaking uh, of that, December fifth at yeah. the Stereo Garden, I will be with Preston Lacey and Wee Man from Jackass. So get your tickets now. Oh really? Stereo Garden December. Yeah, I'm very close friends with Preston. Oh nice. I'm definitely gonna go, man. I yeah, want to meet those dudes. No, so you know how many times he's been on our show? Really? Zero. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. For nothing. He got us the bandit. That's uh. <laughs> we can we we can definitely get Preston after December fifth for like a ten minute Zoom spot. I'm gonna get him before yeah. December fifth yeah. to to do like a little promo. Get him before so. September fifth. He happens to have <laughs> my uh, one of my favorite scenes in the new Jackass when he shits himself yes. <laughs> and he's walking away. I'm like, come on, man, I just shit my pants. I shit my pants. I shit my pants. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that. Yeah. 
Because I can relate to that. Because yes, I have shit my pants from time to time. <laughs> yeah, me too. I remember me, me and me and Preston we were in we were in Florida doing some shows, and uh, he goes, uh, "We're making a new Jackass." And I was, it was they were talking about the new one that just came out. He's like, "Don't tell anybody," and I had to keep it a secret for a while. And then finally, I was able to tell people. I was so excited, and me and him were like sitting down, kind of trying to write ideas. Like if you look at the very end, it'll say special thanks, Mike Keegan. Uh, Preston put that in there. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So I didn't get any skits that went in it, but yeah, know, I did help. Remember me. the time you told us about that on our show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for Preston to come oh, on yeah. to talk about it. Me, me and Tony are fighting over Tammy Pescatelli. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get fucking his Mike's best friend is Preston Lacey. <laughs> Christ Almighty! He'll be on before December fifth. I'll get him That's on awesome. so we can promote show the show. December 4th. Are they doing like a stand up? Yeah, him. I, I haven't seen Wee Man live, but Preston does some stand up. He tells he tells some stories about the show. He has a couple of stories about like high school. He does a little bit of stand up and talks about the show and stuff. It, it's really entertaining. He's very cool. and he's the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have some fun. So yeah, well, yeah man. Yeah. I'm the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. And uh, before we end tonight, I want um, Mike. You're gonna plug a couple things for us coming up. We have our show. We want to talk about Nick. But take this opportunity to plug whatever you want before we uh, we go ahead and sign off for the night. Okay. Yeah, man. I um actually I have a couple of gigs coming up. Um, I am playing with Demon Scar at. Jason's Woods in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's October 15th. Very cool uh, haunted hayride attraction in Pennsylvania. They have like uh, haunted hayrides, ha uh, haunted houses. You walk through whatever. And in the middle of the field, there's a big stage. So uh, it's going to be us, Sharp Violet, and Steve and the Not Steves. Uh, that's going to be on the 15th of October. October 29th, we're going to play a Halloween show at Beery's and Beth Page. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun night. I will be there. That's I love that place. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve Beery. Yeah, dude. man, he's a good dude. I love him. He's been in here a few times. We, uh, yeah. Demon Scar actually released an album called Live at Beery's, and we were immortalized. He put it up on the wall. So, like, it's kind of like our home. And I always told them if Demon Scar goes on a sick, massive world tour, just like how the crew went back home to play the whiskey for the Dr. Feelgood tour, we'd kick off the tour at Mr. Beery's. And fucking, I want to flood, like, the Hempstead Turnpike, awesome. man. That'd be sick. That's a dream to have. Keep it going. Uh, all right, our drummer, Jared, he has two gigs coming up as well. He also sings uh, in a uh, cover band called Alt-X. Uh, they're playing Nostalgia in uh, Beth Page on November 5th. Nostalgia is now what what's One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah. Yeah, so they just renamed themselves, but he's going to be there, and he's going to be at Rudy's Bar and Grill in Patchogue, New York, November 23rd. Uh, December 9th, uh, Demon Scar is going to be at the Whiskey in West Hollywood. Boom. Uh, it's going to be sick. Sick. Um... Nizza has some solo songs coming up, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And also, I'm doing um, a collaboration with um, my friend uh, Joe. He's uh, in a band called Gallery of Ghouls, and we're doing a couple of covers, and we're releasing them. We're doing Misfit Skulls and Ramon's Pet Cemetery. That's going to be coming out in the middle of October. We're just uh, coming up with uh, cover art, actually, right now. So that's the only holdup, but... Uh, 
yeah, so we definitely have. I definitely have a uh, a full calendar with stuff coming up. But I, awesome. So yeah, follow yeah. Nick on his socials and go to those shows. Get some tickets. I'm looking forward to nostalgia. My buddy Tom that used to manage. Uh, oh yeah, I know Tom. Yeah, 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 manage Revolutions guy. opening it with those. He guys. used to book my band over at uh, Revolution all the time. I deal with Tom yeah, all the time. He's a good yeah, dude. So nostalgia. Looking forward to that opening. Check it out in Beth Page. And then uh, us, Hershey and the Keeg Show, November 18th, right here at Governor's Comedy Club in the Giggle Room. Tickets are on sale now at govs.com. I know they're going quick, so get them this week. Yeah, we well, yeah, really even pushed it uh, on the website, and I called up and spoke to the club the other day, and we already sold like a third of them. Yeah. So they're going to go out quick. So anyone who's any real Hershey and the Keeg fans who are watching, listening, uh, go on govs.com, November 18th, the Giggle Room. Uh, it's going to be me. It's going to be Mike. It's going to be Carla Okerson. It's going to be Tom McGuire, a young comic who's really going to make a splash very soon. He's yep. he's phenomenal. Uh, it's going to be Peter Hirsch from 8 O'Clock Shot, um, who you guys know from, um, obviously, Mike had him on a couple of weeks ago. We both on the did. show of Governors. Yeah. No, no. I, oh, I on my saying, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no. Uh, we had him on this show as well, but stand-up-wise, this will yeah. be his second stand-up appearance. And yeah, uh, it's going to be, um, did I miss anyone? Oh, and, and Jay. And yeah, Jay. and Jay. They call him Fat Jay. I don't like referring to to yeah. him as that but um it's gonna be a great show so get those tickets um november 5th mike is promoting something um that's right before our show so i'm not that concerned about that <laughs> um but uh i will say this nick uh you were a great guest you're you're a great guy we wish you um so much good things going forward in the future for you uh if there's anything we can ever do for you you always just let us know thank you um and and this was super and uh you know again always wishing you well your baby girl your ex uh we, we think you're super so thanks so much for coming on today yeah you know, i just wanted to say thank you personally you mark for uh for mentioning my dad because uh yeah man uh today was his birthday and uh, it's one of the wish of a happy birthday. I miss you, Pop. Thanks. That's a great way to end the show. Um, Tony, thanks for covering tonight for Silly Sally. Uh, you did a great job other than uh, playing the music that I asked you to at the end just now. <laughs> oh, you wanted to play while you were talking? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understood. I thought you meant after you were done. I'm kidding. You did awesome. Thank Sorry. you very much, Tone. Uh, <laughs> we, we know you covered in a pinch here, so thank you very much. You did awesome for us. And uh, that's it, guys. You guys have a great night. This is a great show. And uh, we will see you next week with, I think I can let everyone know now, um, I told Tony and Mike, we talked about it, we will be having on, um, I guess, arguably the uh, known as the best special teams coach in the history of the NA, the NFL, I would say uh, that's what he's. I mean, that, that's yeah. what he's he's well known as. Um, Mike Westoff, uh, formerly of the um, New Orleans Saints, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's a super super cool guy. He's going to be a great guest. We just got him over the weekend. We're very proud to that to have him on, just as we were Nick. And uh, keep on supporting us. Keep on spreading the word. Um, you know. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Smash uh, that like button. Smash the like button, and uh, we'll keep on putting out a good product for you. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night. Good night, guys. Later.